The Best Worst Idea Podcast. This is a story about moments. Real moments that take us out of our regularly scheduled, pre-programmed world and force us to see the world as it really is. And if that appeals to you, have a listen. The first time I ever traveled to New York City was in 1992 to visit a friend who was attending the School of Visual Arts. It was an amazing experience and it was everything I had ever expected it to be and more. Because up until that point, New York City was a place I knew of only in movies and TV shows. A place where so many people lived on top of each other that if they ever had the same idea at once, there's no telling what they could achieve or what menace they might cause. It was both thrilling and terrifying to me. My friend lived in an apartment in New Jersey at the Newport Pavonia stop, and the city was just a short path train ride away. There were so many memories from that trip that it's hard to put them all into words. What I remember the most were the odd encounters with local people that seemed to be straight out of central casting. One night at a Waldbaum's market in Jersey City, I watched an old man scream at a young woman who dared to bring her basket full of groceries into a lane designated as 10 items or less. Or there was the time I went to Harlem with my friend to see sculptures attached to the Church of St. John Divine, where some local guys from the area saw me as the young, dumb tourist I was with my camera and my wide-eyed grin and threatened to rob me blind. I remember the Irish bars in Hoboken, the Indian restaurants in the East Village, and the smell of slightly burning pretzels from a streetcar on Avenue A. And the record stores. Oh, the record stores. Everywhere. The idea that you could wander up and down the streets of Greenwich Village and beyond in search of a small mom-and-pop shop where you could find music that was completely unheard of where you lived back home. It seems crazy now to think that things were so different city to city, but they were. I remember walking around Soho and seeing all the art galleries and unique shops and eateries that really made you feel like you were in a wholly unique experience that did not exist outside that small area. That's what I love the most, the feeling that you couldn't really find this experience anywhere else in the world. If you wanted to experience New York City, you simply had to go there. That first trip to New York became a yearly trek where I would spend a week or two in the summer crashing on a friend's couch, spending time in Washington Square Park by the fountain and people watching and generally just bumming around the city with a good buzz on, trying every slice of pizza I could find and searching for a genuine experience outside my normal life. And there were so many firsts so many mundane events that were made huge simply because of the environment. I remember going to the top of the Twin Towers. I remember taking photos of the courtyard out in front of the buildings. I remember when I got my pictures developed after the trip, I didn't think those pictures were interesting enough to show people. But years later, those pictures took on a very different look because it showed an area of working people and tourists wandering around and sitting on benches in a place that simply didn't exist anymore. 
trying to picture it amongst the rubble that was ground zero was impossible. So the events of 9-11 had made those forgettable moments from seven years prior real. In 1997, I was in New York enjoying myself visiting friends and engaging in a week-long drinking binge when I was quickly snapped back to reality. It was Monday, September 1st. I was sitting at a cafe eating pancakes and coffee for breakfast. I looked out of the large cafe windows where people were dining outside, and one man was reading the newspaper. And on the front page, clear as can be, was the headline, Princess Diana killed in car crash in Paris. I stared at it for a bit before I had to reach out to my friend and point out the paper. We didn't know. There were no smartphones. We weren't hooked up to a constant flow of emails and news alerts. And it certainly created a real moment that left its indelible mark, right down to the smell of the maple syrup. One year, I was staying with a friend of mine in Soho. He had a large top-floor apartment on Spring Street, the kind of place that had huge semicircle windows overlooking the city, with deep ledges that allowed you to sit near the edge and really drink in all that the city had to offer. Looking down onto the street from my lofty perch, I saw something sad. The place I had once marveled at was becoming something entirely different and all too familiar. Soho's galleries and unique shops were disappearing and in their place, shops like Pottery Barn and Crate and Barrel emerged. A short walk through the Soho neighborhood revealed a very, very sad truth. The once hollowed ground that served as the delivery system for such talent as Warhol and Basquiat and Keith Haring had now become an outdoor mall. I didn't want to believe it, but on my return to my friend's apartment, I was confronted by a man on a corner. He shoved a coupon in my hand. I kept walking with the rest of the crowd of walkers and only looked at the coupon before I arrived at my friend's apartment. The coupon entitled me to one foot rub at the All-American Foot Rub, which was having a grand opening later in the week. I didn't give it much thought. I crumpled up the coupon and tossed it in the trash. Cut to later in the week, when, on the perch with my morning coffee, I looked down and saw a very long line of people standing on Spring Street. I thought, what's all this about? When I followed the line of people to the start, it ended at the entrance to the Great American Foot Rub. All of these folks had lined up with their coupons to get their sweaty dogs rubbed for free. After my coffee was done, I decided to walk down and take a closer look. The line was just as long, if not longer. It was the middle of summer, so the sweltering and humid heat was already at its peak. Adding insult to injury was the massage chair positioned in the front window of the store where a slobbish-looking dude sat back with his eyes closed while an employee rubbed his feet. He seemed to be having an orgasmic experience in full view of the neighborhood. He had the kind of satisfied look on his face you make when your toes are itchy and you decide to rake your socks in between your toes just to get a good scratch. The kind of intensely private procedure you do behind closed doors when no one else is home. 
you know, like normal people. And here it was on display. I was keenly aware that I had just stumbled onto a genuine moment that, frankly, seemed more like a scene out of Seinfeld than anything else. And why should it have been any different? That's what my experience of New York was. New and exciting experiences I never expected to see. I returned to New York City a handful of times after that, but time had moved on from the place I romanticized in my mind. I think it's the reason we must travel to new and faraway places, so we can know a world outside of our own before the outdoor malls of polite society show up and hand us a coupon. If you enjoyed this content, please do me a favor and like, comment, and share it. Or you can subscribe to this podcast by going to www.bestworstideapodcast.com.